welcome back to Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins. And with me today is the director of Hit Point Sales, James Takanaka. James, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Oh, I love having people from all facets of the industry. And you work for Hit Point Sales, which is a consolidator. Can you let everybody know what a consolidator is or what they do? Okay, sure. So a consolidator is, is basically a middleman between small publishers and distributors. Um, so what I basically do is I work with a lot of small publishers and try to help them get into wholesale distribution. And I focus mainly on hobby market. So those mom and pop games, your friendly local game stores. Um, that's where I'm trying to get your games to. Um, and so the reason why we kind of exist is that it's just difficult to get an account with a lot of these distributors because there's so many games out there, so many publishers. It's just a lot of overhead for each distributor to open up an account for like one game that you might have. So they are kind of looking to work more with publishers who have like a catalog of games um, just because it's tracking that client, you know, that vendor, setting them up, ordering from them, checking in with them. It takes time. And so what I can do as a consolidator is if you have one game, and you sign up with hit point sales, I have uh, accounts with all these distributors. And through that account, the distributor can order from 50 different small publishers, hundred, whatever number I have at the time. And I could have maybe 250 games active in my catalog. And that distributor could order one copy of your game if they wanted to. Normally a, a publisher could never afford to ship one game, you know, profitably to a, a distributor. And you should ask cases and, and it, it's a tough thing for a distributor. Let's, you know, if your game's not that popular in a certain area and they have an order for two units, they can't really order a case of six. Like they're taking a risk then because they need to sell five of the six to make a profit or break even even. And so, so it, that that's, you can see the problem there and, and the shipping costs and everything involved. So what we're trying to do is get our distributors to order 20 different games this week or whatever, and we put it on a pallet and ship it out. That's the way I'm going to make the most money if I can ship pallets out instead of just case boxes of, of games. But anyway, so that that's why we exist on both sides, to help the publisher get into wholesale distribution and help the distributors by having one vendor account and they can get all these different games into their systems, you know, because retailers might ask them for that one game. And it's like, oh, I, I don't want you know, <laughs> to, I don't want to order that. You know? so, so anyways, Do you that, know how much it costs to ship games? Oh yeah, exactly. So, so anyways, that's what a consolidator does. Um, I've been doing it for about 10 plus years now um, under hit point sales. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been going well. Awesome. Now I did not even know this market existed that your market existed until uh, another person on the show said, Hey, you got to check out this person and they're consolidators and can, they can help you out. And I'm like, what's a consolidator. And he's yeah. like, well, here, let me put you in contact with James and I'll get out of your way. And so yeah. I think it's awesome. It's a really great idea um, because yeah, we, we can't even get a no thank you email from the distributors when we send it out. That just goes into the, yeah the big big cloud of nothing yeah so. it, it, it's so tough i mean because you figure the distributors are getting you know i don't know what it is now but back in the day it would be like 
300 new items a week that they could potentially order. <laughs> and so, That's insane. Yeah. And so it was just, you could see how overwhelming that could be for buyers out there, you know, yeah. you know, if they're existing, you know, the publisher that they usually handle, you know, releases three games this month or, you know, or, or whatever. And it just piles up. And, and that's why this market is so tough that one month later, you could be 1200 new products, you know, and it's not all board games. It could be dice. It could be, you know, miniatures, but, you know, you can just imagine trying to even data input that into your system. It's that way. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just stare at a spreadsheet all day and just fill yeah. in cells. Oh my goodness. No, I think it's great. Um, I'm, like we were talking before we started recording here. I'm trying to figure out how I can work with you with uh, Bearded Board Games, get our game fences uh, in with you and into distributors' hands, get it across the country as fast as possible, get it to everybody, yeah. let everybody play our game. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, right now is one of the just crazy times because I have product still arriving that we're trying to get out before Christmas. And one thing that a lot of people forget is, okay, it just gets it to my warehouse. My staff needs to receive it. Then I got to input the orders. They got to pack the orders and ship. And if your ship time takes eight business days, maybe during the holidays, it could be worse. You're two, three weeks away from it. So it's not even going to get there till December 20th, maybe, possibly. So <laughs> it's it's not good. You, we just do our best. Sounds like Christmas in January or February. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's been tough, but uh, it kind of happens every year, right? Everyone, their product gets delayed or something. And, and this year's a little worse than other years. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, shipping crisis or whatever you want to call it, sitting on the uh, coast of every major port in the United States. Yeah. So we've been shipping every week to try to get, these products that are arriving last second out as quick as possible. Usually I try to ship like twice a month to each distributor. It, it kind of varies, you know, just depends what's coming out. But um, right now we're just shipping almost as, as soon as the stuff comes in. So that's the other terrible thing is a lot of these shipments are really small, but it's like ship it now or else if I wait, it'll be even worse. So anyways, yeah, <laughs> the head, the, those are the internal headaches I deal with. <laughs> minimize the pain <clears throat> yeah so how did you get into gaming um so i don't know if we go to my childhood you know like you know i was i i actually asked my parents like who was buying these board games i was playing you know the monopoly <laughs> uh payday the, the you know uh perfection we had all these games um and then you know when i got older i got really into axes and allies that was one of the, my go-to oh yeah for the summer Every summer I'd play that. And then, um, yeah, so I, I played various games, nothing major. I'm probably more of a card game player. You know, I was playing Hearts and Spades and we call it a, a game called Big Two. That's probably one of my favorites. And now a lot of my friends, we play poker. So it, it's kind of sad. I don't really play a lot of board games. And we were just talking. That, that is sad. Yeah, That's we were sad. talking about this earlier. <laughs> I, I did a lot of demos of board games and I, I uh, did play testing of, you know, you know, game testing but i don't really go and play board games and uh um, i don't know if it matters if this is interesting or not but i used to demo alien frontiers uh for games loot that's uh where hit point sales first started and um i knew how to give a demo 
And then I played one day with a guy who really knows how to play, and he just destroyed me. And I go, oh, so that's how this game really plays. <laughs> I didn't know the intricacies. I just knew how to teach people how to, how to get started. So he destroyed me. Well, that was nice of him. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it helped me It helped me see, oh, so this is how this game really plays. Well, so. I've been teaching it right. I just have yeah. playing it. I have been playing it. Ain't playing no strategy. It, right? <laughs> yeah, Ooh, this is ugly. Yeah. <laughs> so, how do you pronounce Klaus Teuber's classic, "The Settlers of"? Oh, I was yeah. You had that question. It was funny. Settlers of Catan, but I've, yeah. I've played Catan before too. So, <laughs> I think I hear people say it both ways, and so sometimes I'll say it different ways. But I think I'm Settlers of Catan. I think is what I would go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's funny. It's one of those things that like you don't like you don't think about it, but some people say it different. You know what the other person's saying, even if they say it different. It's like Caribbean or Caribbean, but yeah, you know, it's like Catan or Catan. I say Catan. I say that's the right way to say it, but you mm. know, it's it's a good argument for another day. So. Yeah, <laughs> I just just love to ask that. Yeah. So, do you play? Uh, games at lunch with your coworkers or are you currently working from home or yeah i've been working from home actually for the last 10 years since since hit point sales started so um yeah so i haven't been i i don't play at lunch because no one's around and it, it's <laughs> it's kind of sad like i you know you gave me a list of questions of different games i play a lot of them my friends and my kids they, they like the party games or kind of the simple games you buy at target like my daughter really likes skipbo right now um, that's a classic yeah so we play we play that um but like i said if i play with my friends you know we're usually playing poker all right i used to play big two a lot so regular card games in college i played spades like endlessly <laughs> so, oh um, yeah so I'm from indiana we played the heck out of euchre that was okay yeah. that was our game in college euchre yeah. and monopoly mm-hmm. you could guarantee you you could walk down the dorm and there's going to be a monopoly game somewhere and a euchre game somewhere uh-huh. guaranteed yeah so i yeah so that's why i said when you're interviewing me it's not going to be so interesting for your listeners about <laughs> what, games, <laughs> what games i play but yeah like so my wife's side if, I, if we're doing like those family dinner nights and stuff we're playing things like code names just one things like that yeah. party games I mean, both of those are solid. Codenames just won, and that won the Spiel of Yara's yeah. a couple years ago, two years ago. Those are both solid games. Yeah. If you if you kind of ask me, like, I, I do like co-op games. And so, like, when I first played Pandemic, I, I really liked that. Um, and then I game tested. I never really played the final version of Black Orchestra, um, but I loved the game test that I did of Black Orchestra. So that, that's, that's, a that's deep my game. Kind of, yeah, that's my kind of game. <laughs> Um, I love co-op games. I remember when I played Castle Panic was like the first co-op yeah. game that I played and it blew my mind working together with everybody at the table to play the the, the table, you know, play the, yeah. the game. And I just remember playing that and just be like, whoa, like I'd already played a couple other newer hobby games. But when I played Castle Panic and like that whole mechanic of co-op just changed the whole landscape of gaming for me. Yeah. And Pandemic's another one. 
I I'm getting better at pandemic. Um, it used to be pretty much by about turn three, you knew whether I was go- I was going to either win or lose by about turn three. Uh-huh. Usually it was it was lose. <laughs> um, but I'm getting better. I'm getting better yeah. at it. I'm getting better at it. But yeah, I mean, co-op games are great, and it, it's one of my favorite ways to uh, get people into gaming. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to be competitive, and yeah, they don't like to, you know, that somebody has to lose. And I'm like, well, how about a game where we all lose together? Right. <laughs> or perhaps we could win. Who knows? You know, and code I, names is always fun with the the teams and everybody. Yeah. You know. And then I guess back in the day, I used to work for Bandai America. And we were starting to do deck building games. And so, yeah, I like deck building games too. I, I know some people don't like them, but <laughs> I do kind of like them. Star Realms is one of my favorite games. I had to buy a bigger box to hold all the expansions to it because I just keep buying all of it. Uh huh. I'm too cheap to buy the actual licensed Star Realms box. No, no, mine's just a big white box, but all of star realms yeah, yeah but you mentioned axis and allies that's another one of my childhood favorites yeah. oh my goodness my neighbor had that we'd play it for hours yeah i remember some summers i was playing four days a week we would, <laughs> we would play axes and allies there's just nothing to do <laughs> oh man we would be out mowing yards and everything all day long and then we'd swim all evening and then when it was you know we were too tired to be doing anything else you go inside and play access and allies till the yeah. wee hours of the morning yeah then wake up and do it all over again yeah and this was you know pre-internet so i had no idea if my strategies were good or not you know if there's nobody <laughs> hey, if you're ask. winning it doesn't yeah. matter <laughs> <laughs> you know because you know, back then you don't even know if you're playing right but I did find out later, like when the internet came around, I did look it up one time and I go, oh, that was a strategy that people use. So <laughs> yeah, nowadays you can go on uh, Reddit and just type in yeah. strategy for X game and they'll tell you all the, the shortcuts and the secrets. And yeah, like, come on, that's cheating. Just figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I that's how I you know, when I got into Catan, like, you know, I just had played it for years. And then when I started getting my coworkers into gaming and one guy went back and he went home and like Googled strategies and how to win Catan. I'm like, I never even thought about Googling like the strategy of Catan. Like yeah, I yeah. just go after 10 points and switch if I have to. He was also, by the way, the first person to chalk up 50 losses. So you can see how that Google <laughs> worked out for him. Yeah. So do you uh, dabble in Kickstarter too much or? Not really. I mean, I have so many game samples like in my garage. <laughs> so I, I work with a lot of Kickstarter creators, obviously, um, you know, and so I do get their game samples. But yeah, I don't know if that's a sin. I don't, I don't really back it or anything. I, I, I do look into a lot of people's Kickstarters and stuff. But yeah. I don't really I would say it's only a sin that you don't back it if if you have a big following and you're not backing it. Even for like that one dollar, so all mm-hmm. your back all your followers get an email that you backed it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That that's the big networking thing on uh Kickstarter is you gotta gotta get that email out. As yeah. many influencers, if you will, to back your game. Like I said, even for a dollar, that email goes out to everybody. So Yeah. So I, I don't know if you talk to other people in the industry, but it's like once you start working, it's like you don't really play games. It's like it's just the endless cycle of orders coming in and shipping out and new products to solicit. And Gosh, I hope not. I, I, I love the industry and I love doing what I do, which is play games all the time. I don't know. My kid might kick me out of the house if I stop playing games. With 
Well, I don't know why we have dad around anymore. Yeah, we don't yeah. play any games. Time to hit the road, dad. Yeah, we were just playing uh, before this call. We were playing zombie dice. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, that and brings, my three-year-old daughter won. So God, that brings me back to the because I think I was sell I sold zombie dice if I remember correctly. It's been no, no, no. Wait, I was selling something else. What was it? It was like a clone of zombie dice or whatever. But anyways, <laughs> was it Dino Dice Hunt? No, what was it? it was something like aliens coming and abducting people. I can't remember which dice it was called. <laughs> and I think it was Tasty Minstrel Games. Um, who just sadly went out of business last yeah time. yeah because way back when they were one of our original clients that yeah it's gone through some iterations of, of hit point sales because i used to um sell it used to be all called game salute and uh, we were kind of selling exclusively to one distributor uh, that does not work well with new publishers new publishers should be trying to sell to everybody they can everybody yeah and so hit point anybody sales, and everybody yeah hit point sales was created to kind of change that no longer doing that exclusivity through one distributor and everything got way better and it was just the right you know we just had the wrong strategy but didn't know it at the time no i was sad to hear about tmg going yeah yeah two of my favorite games are from them harbor and crusaders oh my goodness yeah so you could see you know they sold a ton of games but still you know it's just amount of staff that you have any delays any shipping, you know, increases in price, and yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It definitely is, and I mean, like, like you just said, you know, just as a small publisher myself, sell a copy to anybody and everybody, and so like we were talking, like, what what logistically makes sense for me to work with you to get my game out there to more people because mm-hmm. I don't have the connections you have, and yeah, and, and so it's a little controversial because I, I, I kind of say you do – I try to sell to everybody with no restrictions on them um, because I feel like you're looking for just partners in the beginning, just any partners. And, and you're right, you know, they might discount it online or, you know, undercut you on your website sales. But it's it's – if your website sales are not huge and you don't – you're okay if your di- business gets a little damaged – through, you know, you don't get your own online sales. You're looking for partners, and then hopefully that grows into something bigger. Because without whole, wholesale distribution, you'll never get to the tens of thousands of numbers. Probably, you know, maybe Kickstarter can get you there and stuff. But you need retail stores, you know, and most retail stores are selling online right now. But you just need oh, yeah. partners, and then you can worry later maybe about your, you know, where your product is getting distributed to once you kind of have a solid basis, but in the beginning, it's like, it's, it's really hard for tell people here, you can buy it, but you can't sell it. You know, then they no longer are your partner. <laughs> they disappear. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think what you do is great. Um, I'm excited to, to try and work with you some more, try to come up with something that works for both of us, because mm-hmm. I love to get fences in more hands. And I feel like, a consolidator, something I didn't know even existed till about three weeks ago, uh, yeah. is the way to go. So. Yeah. And, you know, I, I work with all kinds of publishers, talk to all kinds of people all over the world, which that's the cool thing about my job, talking to people from all over the world. And I, I tell them it's about just finding the right partner because I'm not the only consolidator. 
and you might not want to do wholesale distribution. Like I said, some people like having control, kickstarting, trying to sell directly, and you can make more money doing that, but it is time consuming. You know, it's more effort that you have to put in. And my day-to-day job, um, I was complaining to you, is just shipping, collecting money, shipping, collecting money, soliciting the odd. So, I, you know, it. you have to kind of enjoy creating the system that gets you lots of sales because after that it becomes kind of monotonous. So you just, you're, it's engine building. You're trying to build the best engine most efficiently <laughs> to get sales of a product out there. Trying to reach that end game. Yeah. Tens of thousands of sales. Yeah. That's the, that's the hope. <laughs> I mean, because you know, we, <laughs> I tell you, you can get that purchase order for 300 units you can get a purchase order for three units and they take about the same amount of time to process, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I yeah. mean, yeah, it doesn't take any longer to type a, a couple zeros. Yeah. You know? And yeah. And it's funny. One time my boss was complaining and I'm like, well, it's a good thing that this client, oh, this customer owes us $30,000, you know, that man, we sold a lot, <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. I'm out 30,000 until they pay me. <laughs> so, but, yeah, and then I got to pay my publisher, you know, whatever, 20-something thousand of that. And and so I'm like, you're right. it's uh, That's stressful, but it's a good thing that the numbers get bigger and bigger with each customer. So so any uh, any hidden or guilty pleasure, hidden gem game that you think more people need to know about? Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think Black Orchestra ever hit, like, huge numbers. I love, you know, I love that game. So it, it has done well, but, you know, did it get to like the tens of thousands of, I don't know if it ever did that, but so if people like a kind of tense co-op game. I played it at a game night at a bar and uh-huh. <laughs> you know, we, none of us had played it. We sat down and we we're just like, oh, it's a co-op game. And wow, that yeah. is, that is an intense little co-op game, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I just loved it. Cause we're, you know, you, get Hitler. Okay. We're about ready. And then Hitler like takes off and goes to another city. No. And then, yeah. Oh wait, Michael, we can give you whatever, give you this. And now it's Michael's fault. If we don't kill Hitler. Right. It's like, right, yeah. As long as it's not your fault, you lost, <laughs> you know, no, I, I forgot completely about that game. You mentioned it, but yeah, I remember we were playing it at a, at a game night down here and it's not your usual co-op game where you're, you know, defending a castle or trying to retrieve artifacts yeah. or cure diseases. It's like you're trying to track down Hitler. Yeah, yeah. It's a little different. I'm forgetting the name of it, but you have to reach a certain uh, suspicion level or something in order to do certain things. And so if you get too too suspicious, right, you're in trouble. So that, that part is the tense part. Like you're a thin line. Um, anyways, that's why I, I really like that game. Um, I am making me want to go track that one down, man. Yeah, I guess back in the day we we played deck building games at Bandai, and we did the Star Trek deck building game and uh, Resident Evil. So I play a game tested a lot of that. <laughs> so those were fun. So when you do play a game that has colors in it, do mm-hmm. you have a certain color that you prefer to be? Probably blue, but I I play red red too. I guess I I don't know if I have a go-to. Probably blue or red, though. <laughs> well, I mean, those are pretty solid. They're about they're in about every game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> K 
can't go wrong yeah. with wolves. It's not like you. Oh, well, I gotta be orange. Yeah, There's a lot of games with orange in it. I guess when I used to play Risk, I would be red most of the time. So, you ever play Castle Risk? I have not. But... <laughs> I just read about it somewhere. I can't even remember where I read about it. My son, I thought was in one book. We looked, it wasn't. Oh. So I don't even know where we read about it, but I finally tracked down a copy of Castle Risk. I have no idea what it is. So I was hoping you could tell me. So yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I tracked down. I got a copy of uh, Castle Risk by <laughs> Parker Brothers. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure what this is, but yeah. we'll give it a shot. So it's sitting over there on my shelf of shame yeah. games I've not played yet. Too many of those. Yeah, I'm looking at my shelf. It's a lot of games back there, man. Yeah, the Star Trek one. Was, I, I guess technically I didn't know it at the time. I was the designer of Star Trek deck building game and my coworker was the developer. And I would just say I was a very terrible game designer. <laughs> so he's the one who helped make it playable. <laughs> it's been a while. I, I don't think I ever played the Star Trek deck builder. I played a little bit of the Star Wars one back when like magic kind of became like a big thing. And there was like that Star Wars we had like the the light force and the the, the dark side. Uh-huh. I don't think I, I never really played the Star Trek one. So was that one more the collectible card game, the Star Wars yeah. collectible card? Yeah, at Bandai we were doing like the Naruto um, collectible card game. That was our big product there. But at the end we started doing like Resident Evil deck building game and then Star Trek deck building game. And then they closed down the division, so that was sad. They didn't get bought out by Hasbro like everything else? No. <laughs> yeah, when I think back, it's, well, it's over 10 years ago. Um, and I, I worked at Bandai about five years. Um, so, yeah, in terms of the board game industry, I guess I've been in it 15 years. But I used to sell comic books. I'm more of a comic book guy. So um, we used to sell Magic the Gathering at our comic book store. And it was Ice Age set. That's I remember that was the first set that we started selling magic cards it's going back a ways yeah <laughs> well let's see this was 95 around 95 i think 1995 so we were selling pogs pogs was a big thing Ooh, for a little bit yeah we gotta get the slammer man yeah exactly we were selling a lot of that and then comic books sports cards um, but yeah i remember magic it was just kind of weird at the very end we were selling like ice age and then i we closed down the store. So <laughs> magic kind of came out of nowhere and caught a lot of people off. Yeah. Guard and yeah. Here we are almost 30 years later. That thing is still going strong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> strong as ever. Yeah. That is insane. That is, that is something that you don't, you just don't see that. So many people have tried to yeah. kind of copy it and it just, other than like Pokemon, you know? Yeah. I don't see a lot of successful collectible card games out there. Just when I was doing work with Bandai, there was like a Gundam collectible card game, One Piece collectible card, Dragon Ball. We tried a whole bunch, Battle Spirits. None of them could catch on. Naruto was the best one, and I think that made it to like 20, 20 sets maybe or something like that. Um, yeah, it's just tough. It's, <laughs> it's a tough business. That's a tough... I mean, it's a tough market, and I... Like I said, I, I just don't think anybody saw magic really coming and can't replicate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, James, I'd like to thank you for being on my show today. And if anybody want to reach out to you, how can they do that? 
Uh, so probably the easiest is uh, through our website, hitpointsales.com, or just email james at hitpointsales.com. Uh, we do have Facebook and Twitter, but um, I'm kind of old, so I'm kind of still <laughs> email. <laughs> I use Facebook, though, so you can try to find me. <laughs> you can try, but I'm old. Old. <laughs> I'm not on as much. Yeah, it's hard. Like Sometimes some people want to just use Facebook Messenger and things. And I'm like, I, I don't, like, I'm not on there all the time. And so I go, can you please email me instead or something like that? I get it. I get it. I'm yeah. still trying to learn how to use Twitter and Instagram. I have no idea. I'm learning. Yeah. yeah. Trying to anyway. I, you know, my beard's gray. Thanks to my kids. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah. So if you want to reach out to me, it is facebook.com slash groups slash eat lunch and board game. I do have a website up now at eat lunch and board game.com. Or you can email me at eatlunchandboardgame at gmail.com. And remember, board games build bridges. Stay in tune with all things sports around Indiana and the nation with the Crash Course Podcast. Each week, we tackle the big storylines from the world of the Colts, Pacers, and the Indiana College scene, while also keeping a pulse on the nation. We record live weekly at twitch.tv slash 3C Media, and can be found on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can catch the Crash Course Podcast. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.